everyone. Welcome to the Self-Published Strong Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Pearson. I'm joined today by my husband. Hi, I'm Nolan. And um, if you're listening to our show for the first time, we give uh, marketing and publishing tips and advice, and we give motivational quotes and um, what else? Oh, yes. Sorry. <laughs> the main purpose for our podcast is crafting ideas from movies that are good and bad. And is today's movie a good or bad one? It's a great movie. It was a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, yes. Yeah, we watched it over a couple of days, but it's it's an old movie. What is the title of it? Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, I believe is what it's... Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much what it's called. Uh, which <laughs> it, is not what it should be called. <laughs> oh, I want to... Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll talk about that okay. in just a little bit. Yeah, so it's an Abbott, Abbott and Costello movie, uh, which I've... I was kind of raised on them. My grandma, my grandparents loved them. Yes, mine too. And it's it's it was a really fun movie. I actually very much enjoyed it. It's in the horror and comedy genre because it's comedy because of them, but it's also horror because, you the know, universal monsters show up. Exactly. And it was a lot of fun. Yeah, so we'll we'll talk about that in a little bit, but first, uh, just a couple updates. Uh, I finished making all the revisions to the Coven Chronicles. I announced to my readers they're liking those changes so far. And I'm finishing up the last book in that series, Demon of Darkness. And over the last few days, I've added 15,000 extra words to it. And I'll be adding another five to 10,000, hopefully between today and tomorrow. And Christmas has happened. That was yesterday. We're recording this on Wednesday. We have to make this be a short episode because I have to get it to Josh today. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so it's going to be a little bit of a shorter episode. Okay. Yeah, I got Nolan a bunch of different fun stuff he got tools and things yes yeah i got him tools for his dremel mm-hmm. and art reference books yes and some moldable glue always fun yeah he got me um pens i love pens i'm obsessed with pens got me a huge packet of g2 pens and chocolate lots and lots of orange chocolates chocolate oranges a whatever case. they're called a whole case of them <laughs> i'm very excited about that <laughs> We spend more money on each other than we do on the kids, and we opened the majority of our presents Christmas Eve because I'm like, hey, we don't need to spoil the kids. We can spoil each other. (laughs) So anyway, so you want to go ahead and give us the quote. Oh, actually, we want to do updates on ads. I've got a Facebook ad that's selling pretty regularly every day now on one of our box sets and the clicks. So I found out that if you put exclamation points in your ad description, Facebook now tags that as an unrealistic experience for readers or viewers. So I had to go through and remove one exclamation point before they accepted it. And they accepted it. It was just being shown to a lot less. It was costing like 90 cents a click. So once they accepted that, finally accepted that change, it's been dropping in cost. So now it's 18 cents a click and I'm hoping to get it down to you know, 10 or even less. Uh, but it's been doing well. We've been selling books on that, and that's nice. You know, we're finally getting an uptick in the great Amazon drought that we experienced until we were like, oh, pay to play. We better be putting more money into ads. And, and Nolan's been having some ads that have been working really well on Amazon, too. So, yeah. So I've been playing around with the uh, also bots, and uh, oh, no, I can't think of anything. The, uh, the um, <laughs> yeah, I understand. Uh, phrase exact broad match. Um, and seeing what that can do. And some of them are very successful. Um, my most successful ad ever is all automated. So whoever says automated ads don't work. They did in the beginning. They've changed things. This totally has worked better than anything. It's sold more. It's I've sold $54 worth of books for a dollar. Yeah. 
maybe a dollar fifty. Yep. Um, and it's not even the descriptions auto. You can set it to auto now. You don't even have to type in a custom text. It just, oh, well, that's nice. And, and then auto. What what does it pull then? Pardon, what does I have it use? no idea, but it's working. Whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, no um, so yeah, I'm trying to get more boost that spend infinite amount of money on that guy. Yeah, no kidding. Which so, book is that for? Kalenya. Oh yeah, is that what you said already? Kalenya box sets. Yeah, very nice. Oh, the, the one and two. So yeah, that's good because people are more likely to read if they buy. Exactly, these are good readers. They they spent like five or six bucks. Seven ninety nine. Seven ninety nine to mm-hmm. buy these box sets, so they're probably going to read them and then buy mm-hmm. the other one. So. Yeah, that's pretty encouraging. So it's been the last few last couple of weeks have been much better. I've also just made some print ads. Oh, really? I was going to ask you if you wanted to start trying those out. Yeah, I'm just going to try and see what happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've never tried before at all, yeah. so it's it, this is brand new territory for me. Yeah. Um, and they're just auto ads as well, just yeah. to see what happens. I don't know. I'll, I'll get more into it later because mm-hmm. um, I'm bat- I'm trying to find a, a new batch of keywords that are working i've got some that are working very well mm-hmm. so i'm on the hunt for more mm-hmm. and then once i in a you're on the week, hunt you're after i'm after you yeah hungry like the wolf hungry like the wolf and then <laughs> um in a week or two once i I've, I've finished compiling my data from the new ads i've started and the new keywords i've been looking into i'll flip them over to see how they do on print i might start over again with an emphasis on the ones that i know we're doing well on digital mm-hmm. they might be different because uh, different readerships may be really into print yeah. so i don't know but we'll see i don't want to do both at once mm-hmm. yeah um and an update on audiobooks uh finally voices got back to me with about did i already talk about that i think so 10 i think about 10 narrators i still haven't i asked them i was like can i hold off on picking you know which ones to have them do an audition so i'll be sending them a sample of from the book that's about 700 pages long and 700 pages oh yeah 700 words <laughs> twice the size of my book yeah i'll send them a sample of three books out of the series <laughs> and anyway so then um they said it doesn't matter how long it takes me to get to that because i didn't want to do it over christmas you know too much going on right now i'll keep you all posted on that like i have been um anyway let's go on to the quote then okay Whatever we plant in our subconscious mind and nourish with repetition and emotion will one day become a reality. Earl Nightingale again. (laughs) I thought I recognized that quote. Where is that one? Oh, right there. Yeah. So whatever we plant in our subconscious mind and nourish with repetition and emotion will one day become a reality. Uh, Why did you choose that one? What are your thoughts on that one? Um, It sounds like a, what is that? We are what we continually do. Yeah. Um, um, That's another. You are what you eat. Yeah. I mean, you know. Mm-hmm. We are, we are the hammer and the clay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that because I'm. I like that he adds emotion in there because, um, and I'm gonna say like a positive, positive, even negative emotion can spur you to make changes, you know. But positive emotion and um, repetition, you know, putting emotion into and repetition into your goals and dreams actually helps helps them get achieved faster than anything else yeah i think emotion's a big thing because if you don't want to do something you don't usually end up doing it i no, mean you yeah. just don't even if or it's really half, successful or, i mean you yeah, and do then, a good yeah, job exactly so i i think people forget that they're too focused on the rational aspects of it but yeah success is irrational so yeah in some cases yeah you exactly. think you would act in your own best interests but people often don't yeah so yeah exactly so you put emotion into something and you're more likely to do it than if you just 
if you're logical. And that goes back to when I used to make huge schedules and things like that. I didn't do a whole lot of emotion into them. I did. I, you know, logical, I logicked them out and then I almost never stuck to them. And now I do weekly, which I haven't been following because I decided to add to the Coven Chronicles. But once that project's done, I'll be going back to that. (laughs) Anyway, so I'm going to go ahead and do the, the tip for today. And it's, we're talking about prices again. And this is for your print books. The best way to decide what price point basically to choose for your print book is actually to see what traditional publishers are doing and either go with what they pick for similar books or choose a price that's a little cheaper. The reason for that is because traditional publishers are still trying to drive traffic to print and they're fairly decent at figuring out what price points are best. But a good rule of thumb is to always go cheaper than the competition or, you know, that kind of competition or go the same price as the competition. Uh, So if your competition is mostly indie authors, then you don't want to go too much cheaper because you might end up pricing yourself into not making any money. But because, you know, because indie authors tend to price their books low already. Anyway, so yeah, so check out and just, you know, see what traditional publishers are doing with their prices and then go from there. That's how uh, Costco had me because they're like, well, you got to do this, this or this. They wanted to have, have a say in how much I sold my books for, you know, and so there's, they said go buy, do a, a 95 instead of a 99 um, because that's what YA books were doing in traditional publishing back then. So cents, you mean at the end? Yeah, 95 cents instead of 99 cents. Yeah. That seems kind of arbitrary, but... it I know, I agree, but whatever. Uh, it sold, so, you know, it did well in Costco, and I'm very glad I'm done doing that, and we'll never do it again. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so let's go ahead and talk about the movie now. Um, I've got my takeaways on here first. We are going to do a little bit different. First off, what were your overall thoughts on this movie? Uh, it was fun. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much the purpose of it, so it achieved its purpose. Yeah, one of the best parts was the fact that Abbott, Abbott's the short guy, right? Lou, no. Costello is the short guy. Could, um, Lou Costello? Sure. I don't remember. It's, Abbott is the tall one. Okay. Costello is the short Yeah, so Costello is, he's um, a womanizer. All the women he, love him. He is not a womanizer. He, <laughs> he wishes he were. Mm-hmm. But you find out why all the women love him halfway towards three-fourths of the way through the movie. And it's not what you think. And it's not what he thinks either. And it's definitely what his friend Chick, you know, thinks. Because <laughs> yeah. he's like, why are these women going for you and not me? And they try to, like, share. He keeps saying, no, you give me one of them. You've got two. You don't need two. I'm like, that's not how it works. <laughs> they actually want to go with him, not you. <laughs> anyway, it was it's really fun. Um, yeah, like I said, it's it's horror, good mix of horror and comedy. And uh, what are the main bad guys we've got in there? Uh, Wolfman. Yeah. Who's only a bad guy half the time. Yep. He's human most half the time. Uh, and then uh, Dracula mm-hmm. and Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to put in the Invisible Man. And the Invisible Man, very briefly, I was going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> they wanted to put in um, the mummy, but they're like, it's too many. They wouldn't, They couldn't get it to work in the plot. Yeah, that's too many. It was hard to juggle all the ones they had in anyway. Yeah, it was. Um, but the movie was titled Frankenstein, I mean, sorry, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. What did we decide about that title? It should be Abbott and Costello meet the Wolfman. Or um, Dracula. Or, or Dracula. Well, the Wolfman's not a bad enough guy. He's like a good yeah, guy. But they meet him. They don't say they they fight him. That's true. They just meet him. They meet him first, or they talk to him on the phone before mm-hmm. anyone any of the other guys come up. Yep. And he's on the screen more than anyone else. Yeah. 
He's um, he's an antagonist and a protagonist. He's trying to stop them from doing what they're doing, but he keeps turning bad, you know? And right. so, which I really like that. I love the climax of the movie because you get bad guys fighting bad guys who are really good guys that are in their own little world because they're werewolves at that point. And, um, and the movie is very well plotted, very well timed. Um, I wasn't bored while watching it. And th- something's happening all the time. And a lot of times, you know, the perception from mo- black and white movies is they're slower paced. This is not a slower paced movie. No, no, it's not. And it's got lots of comedy in there. Um, again, there's another thing I want to talk about the title. Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. It's not Abbott and Costello who meet Frankenstein. It's Chick and Wilbur. I know, yeah. They have, I mean, they have their names, whatever their names are for the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. Uh, that's, that that's brand recognition, you know? Yeah, exactly. So how can we apply that to writing? Uh, well, I mean, think of Jack Reacher. Yeah. Right? I mean, I don't know. Like, there's a famous character, and, like, that's what you put. Or even authors. I mean, that's mm-hmm. why some author names are huge on there and on the titles of their books. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they're selling the brand, which is the author, mm-hmm. not that specific book. We've talked about that before. And that tends to go with genres, too. Romance, they tend to have a smaller author name. But, again, you still want your author name to be very, very legible, you know? Of course. But it, it depends. I mean, sometimes you are just selling the author. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or you're selling the character. Jack Reacher in blah, 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 yeah. or whatever. Yep. I don't know. Yeah, they do put the words Jack Reacher on the covers, don't they? I think so. I don't remember. Uh, I'm reading a Jack Reacher book right now, and I can't even remember. <laughs> but the point is, is they do. Mm-hmm. Um, just like that Abbott and Costello thing. I mean, they, yeah. they led with that. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, and um, it, it's funny because it's it's most... A lot of the stuff that I've seen that's from the two of them, it's them acting as themselves. You know, like who's on first, what's on second. That is Abbott and Costello acting as... Abbott and Costello, but in this one, it's not them. You know, it's the it's the actors acting as actual characters in a movie. But they're still them. It, they, <laughs> they, they are they, still them. They could have just had. They still fight. They still, yeah. you know. They do the same kind of bits that they do. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Really appreciated it. Yeah. Nolan kind of forced me to watch it. He didn't actually force me. It was an early Christmas present. He's like, "We're gonna watch this now." We watched The Wolfman earlier. That one was also interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I I've actually seen that one, but it'd been years. Anyway, um, are you ready to do trivia? Yes. Okay, so while we were watching the movie, I, I made a point about a certain scene. Do you remember which scene it was? Um, the Frankenstein one where... He's sitting in a chair and... Costello is sitting on his lap. Yes. yes. Yeah, so uh, while they were doing that whole scene, they had to do st- uh, like tons and tons of takes because Frankenstein kept getting the giggles. He because, looked like he was going to laugh. Yeah, that. because um, Costello, Costello is... Is um, was improvising the whole time. Oh, it wasn't in the script. So, so um, yeah, Frankenstein kept getting like he kept getting the giggles. So they had to be like cut, redo. <laughs> so I thought that was fun, you know. <laughs> and then also, this is interesting. Um, Lou Costello didn't want to make the movie. He's like, no way. He said, no way. I'll do that crap. My daughter could write a better script. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> and they gave him a fifty thousand dollar advance. And the director is is um, Abbott Costello's be- one of the, their best friends, and they signed him as well so that they would do the movie. And I'm glad. I loved. I liked the movie quite a bit. You know. And what this is he, what did he think after it was? Done? I don't know. It doesn't say. Which I'm like, That's I thought it was good. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this is Bella Lugosi's last involvement in a major film. Oh. Uh, this movie was banned in Finland for many many years. Why? I don't know. It doesn't say. I mean, why would it be banned in Finland? 
It doesn't even make sense. If any of our reader listeners know. <laughs> no, I'm curious. Like, if anyone knows, tell me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, this is, a, this is a funny one. So apparently they hired a court jester, basically, who was not part of the movie, but his job was to run into the scene and get people to lighten up and laugh. And Bella Lugosi apparently hated him. Um, he enjoyed, okay, so they said that he enjoyed his antics as long as he was not the victim. And there's one part where um, Dracula's sinisterly and solemnly descending the staircase. And there's several times when he does that, so I'm not sure which time it was. But the the jester followed him and imitated every move. And the crass and the crew all burst out laughing. And, and Bella turns around and he glares at the guy and he yells in his Hungarian accent. He's like, we should not be playing while we are working. <laughs> and... Um, Storm offset and wouldn't finish recording <laughs> filming for that day. Uh, apparently they were filming a Mr. Peabody and the Mermaid, which is a movie I've never heard of, around the same time that they filmed this. And tourists were shocked to see uh, Frankenstein all dressed up in his Frankenstein costume having lunch with a mermaid because <laughs> they were friends, apparently. I think that I thought that was funny. Okay, so this is awesome. Uh, according to the DVD, which we didn't actually watch the commentary on it. I don't know if the hour version had commentary. Um, apparently this was their second cheapest film made by Universal Universal in that year. And it was the and ended up being the second highest grossing film of the year, which is awesome. Good investment. Um, Boris Karloff refused to play the monster, but he helped with public publicity for them, which was pretty cool. Oh, as long as he didn't have to see the movie. <laughs> so why? Well, people in the movie really hated on this movie. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> um Anyway, so how he helped with the publicity, they took pictures of him standing in a, in a, in a line um, in a theater in New York City where the film was playing. And then they also show him admiring the poster art. <laughs> so that's how he helped with publicity. Wow. <laughs> that's pretty generous of him. Yes. Yep. So, yeah, you were right. The Frankenstein monster is almost smiling when Costello was sitting on his lap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, so that's pretty much it for the trivia, but... It's a good movie. Um, what are your takeaways? Um, well, comedic-wise, uh, they they have a good mix of physical and comedy. Slapstick with, and intelligent comedy. With Yeah, and then like one-liners and stuff like that, like some banter. Yeah. It's, it's I get tired of slapstick comedy or, you know, body humor, stuff like that. And this movie is, it's intelligent enough. And more often, it's intelligent humor than, you know. Yeah. As often as you can get when it's like three stew desk. <laughs> right. Uh, and then they, they didn't uh, have a lot of wasted time in this movie either. Not a, not a lot of wasted scenes or anything like that. Yeah. Every scene does something. They, does yeah, more they, than one thing. Exactly. And they, they're trying to balance too. I mean, it wasn't really like a horror movie. It's not really designed to scare you. But there are moments of tension in mm-hmm. there. And there's like betrayals and stuff like that that are plausible and yeah. impactful mm-hmm. in addition to being a comedy. Yeah. And mm-hmm. those two things are pretty hard to balance, but they did it. Yeah. And agreed. they did it efficiently. So. Yeah. I love the pacing of the movie. It was a lot of fun to watch. Like I said, it didn't feel like a nine, like a black and white 1948 movie. It had good, solid pacing, you know. And then, let's see. So, my takeaways. That's it from you. Okay. Um, let's see. Um, okay. So... Your bad guys or even your good people, that the moments that they have, weaknesses happen, you want those to happen at the most inopportune moments. So they're like running around. The wolfman's trying to guide them. He sees a moon and he turns into a wolf and he starts trying to kill everybody instead. And there, it's in a moment where they need his help. But that, so that, that makes it more interesting for the viewers or for the readers because 
you know, you don't have bad things happen when it's the most convenient for the plot. Yeah, you, know? you can have them happen during convenient times, but not only convenient times. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, maybe you have, a, you know, you use it to like foreshadow, like you're like, well, good thing it wasn't you know, during this time where we'd be in trouble and then it happens during that kind of yeah. thing. You know what I mean? So you, you can have it happen during times of less tension mm-hmm. and more, mm-hmm. but you don't want it to only be when it's nice. Yeah. It's got to be when it's have not you, nice. Have you read any of the old Nancy Drew books mm-hmm. from the back in the old days? Nancy Drew always was knocked unconscious right towards the climax of the book. Yeah. Right when it was the most impractical or most inconvenient time, she would get knocked unconscious. So... That's like, you know, I mean, that's a plot device. It's basically upping the ante. And, and um, Nick, or Nicole, Lizzie in my current series gets kidnapped right when she's leaving to go face the demon and destroy him, you know, and she gets kidnapped for, they take her to Iraq from America and she's gone for two days. And so, you know, it's, it's fun to do things like that to readers because it makes them want to keep reading, you know, keeps the, the stakes up. And then... Uh, this is a good example of an a reliable but unreliable narrator. Meaning, we've got Costello, who is super bumbering. He's so unintelligent, so unbelievable, and he's t- he's blabbering on about a va- about a vampire, you know. And his you know chick, his friend, does not believe him, and we believe him because we've seen it. But he's the he's I would say he's the main POV for the movie, right? Um, he's still unreliable because you you sympathize with the people around him because he's generally not reliable. Reliable, yeah. yeah. And so the other characters don't believe him. But the big reveal, you need to pay attention to how how you reveal that that character is telling the truth. I mean, how did that happen with Chick when he finally recognizes that Bud's telling the truth? Uh, he or Wilbur. I mean. He watches Dracula turn from a vampire into a person. Yeah, from a bat into a person or yeah, whatever. from a bat into a person and then promptly falls unconscious. <laughs> yeah. He's like, ah, and, and when he comes up, um, Wilbur's like, I told you, I told you. Yes. It was like almost... Because they're both standing right there and he's yeah. just like, they both pass out. <laughs> yeah, wasn't it? All, it was more than um, halfway through the movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's a great way to increase tension. You know, you have a character nobody believes. It's like Gone. Is it Gone? That is that the name of the movie? Yeah, where nobody believes her and you want them to believe them. It increases the urgency and the need for the reader to continue reading for you not to reveal everything uh, right up at the start, you know, or have everybody believe the character at the beginning. Anyway, that's pretty much it for this episode. I told yes. you it'd be a short one. Yeah. yeah. By the time I edit out all those silence in between reading trivia, it'll be like a 25 or 24 minute movie um, episode. Well, it's a holiday one. And the next one will be too for New Year's. So. Yeah, we've yeah we've got so much going on right now. Yeah, it'll get back. We'll be get back to the swing of things once the holidays are over. But um, good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're experimenting with ads because you have to right now. Yeah, you really do. Yep. Um, so we're digging into that. Oh, guess what? Nolan got me for Christmas. The Meg. Oh, yes. <laughs> did we review that one already? Yeah, we did. Okay. Okay. We did it right after it while I was in the theater. That's so right. I love that movie. I'm so excited to watch it again. Guys, you need to go watch it if you haven't seen it so I can spoil the ending. <laughs> anyway, uh, if you have any questions, send me an email at andreatselfpublishstrong.com and uh, consider supporting us on Patreon. Actually, we really need some reviews. I've been told by several of our listeners that our show is chock full of good value. And would you please consider... Or just not even consider, just do it. 
<laughs> go post a review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcast um, podcast from. It would help us out a great deal because I don't think we have any reviews anywhere yet. And we have um, like 75 listeners yeah, right now. Yeah, we haven't really asked for any. We have. We just haven't pushed it. I yeah. said we would have a bribery, but I still don't know if it's if that's kosher that or not. Legit, yeah. yeah, so please post a review. And if we do end up deciding if it, that it's kosher to bribe then you'll already be eligible <laughs> <laughs> so anyway um yeah so i hope you all ha- oh wait nolan where can people find you at art with nolan on instagram and he is working on that commissioned um artwork for me you want to yeah. tell them what it is uh a hound from the books that andrea writes yeah what what makes Coven it different Chronicles. from a it's a super duper one not a regular one so <laughs> it's got spikes and it's blood red yes Made me very happy. I didn't happy. know if you wanted me to tell them that part. Oh, it doesn't matter. It's extra scary. It's on Instagram, so they can go and see it. That is true. Yep. That is true. It's not finished yet. It's just no. a work in progress. Yeah, but it's it's been really, really awesome. I'm, I'm very excited about it. It's even better now. Yep. I worked on it for a couple hours last night. Yeah. Yeah. So go check that out on Instagram. Um, you can come to the BookBub Promotions and More group to talk to me or email me at andreatselfpublishstrong.com. Um did I already tell that I've been invited to the Storymakers Conference next year to present? I don't present. Know if you mentioned it to them. I don't think I did. So if you're local, as in local to us, and if you know who I am, then you if you then you know where I'm local. <laughs> uh, the Storymakers Conference. I've been asked to go and talk about newsletter marketing. So that's going to be happening in May, I believe. And yeah, that'll be fun. I'll have a two month old baby at that point. Yes. Anyway, so yeah, that's that's it pretty much for this episode. Yeah, go ahead and post a review on the podcast. Um, and unless it's a one-star review. <laughs> Please post a five-star review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you find this podcast. Or Google Play. and Yeah. Anyway, that's it. Like I said, so we'll talk to you all later. Bye. Bye. <laughs>